Hello, this is Pastor Becca Bateman of Doylestown Presbyterian Church. As our podcast audience continues to grow, I want to thank our loyal listeners and welcome those who may have just recently found us. We know that life can quickly become so busy, so this podcast offers an on-the-go opportunity to hear Sunday's sermon, along with a scripture lesson from that day's lay leader or preacher. We also encourage you to visit our website at dtownpc.org to learn more about our church and all the diverse ministries. Thank you for tuning in. Our first lesson this morning from the Gospel of John is a very familiar view of the birth of our Lord. As you can tell, he doesn't include any of the things we're so accustomed to thinking about when it comes to the nativity scene. John looks at eternity, and it's very important in his gospel that he compares things such as light and darkness, truth and falsehood. And so you heard this morning from John how this light came, and then that light was light, and that light was from God. Now as we look at Luke's gospel, Luke the physician, as he's commonly known, has an eye for detail. And so he shares these details that we are most familiar in hearing. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration, and it was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. And this is the word of the Lord. Pray with me, please. Gracious God, help us to be still. Help us to quiet every voice except your voice for each one of us. And so be with us now as we turn to the familiar story, the birth of our Savior. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? I bet you do. And there's a long list. Everything from It's a Wonderful Life to Elf to Home Alone to Charlie Brown's Christmas. It just goes on and on. And I love all of them. But I have to say that part of me is always drawn to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It stars Chevy Chase as Clark Griswold. Now, it's rated PG-13. The language gets a little salty at times, so be careful if you watch it. What I like about the movie is that all Clark Griswold wanted was just 
a perfect, old-fashioned Christmas for his family. All he wanted was the perfect Christmas. Is that asking too much? Well, before you know it, the reality of the season kicks in. His 25,000 sparkling lights twinkle, but they often are shorted out. His own parents and in-laws arrive at the same time and stay for a week, and all they do is complain, complain, complain. And then he realizes that the cat has chewed through the lights on the tree. Cousin Eddie shows up, unexpected, uninvited, with his family and dog and the world's ugliest RV parked in the driveway. It's all just happening so fast. The, the turkey is so overcooked that when they start to cut it, it explodes. <laughs> but underneath it all, Clark is worried and anxious because the Christmas bonus check that arrives every year has not arrived. Gee, all the man wanted was the perfect Christmas. I don't know what Christmas is like in your home. Perhaps it is quiet, loving, joyful, serene. Or maybe it's like the Griswold family Christmas. And I think most of us lean that way. All he wanted was the perfect Christmas. I wonder if in your house there are ever disagreements, arguments, some tension with the family or the in-laws. Who was it who said, Christmas is the one time of the year when we try unsuccessfully to love all of our relatives. <laughs> the perfect Christmas. Now if you take time and read the story slowly and read between the lines, you will see that it was not perfect that first Christmas. There is disappointment, confusion, bewilderment, worry, and concern. Everything is accentuated at Christmas. It's taken to the extremes. And we have, like Clark Griswold, unrealistic expectations. Just think about it for a moment with me. Sweet, wonderful, innocent Mary. 
everyone loved Mary. But then she is told, as a teenager, that she will be with child. You don't think that confused her and made her worry? She knows that the child is not Joseph's child. What does she do? She leaves town and she spends some time with her cousin Elizabeth. Then think about Joseph. Seems he was a, a good man. Mary was the love of his life. But then she tells him that she is with child and it is not his child. How do you think he felt? What emotions ran through his heart and mind? What should he do? Should he decide to divorce her quietly so as not to shame her? Think about his restless night until that time he had the dream, but it was only a dream. And then think about the in-laws, Mary's parents and Joseph's parents. I'm sure they were planning for a joyous celebration wedding. think they sense bewilderment, confusion. How could this be? Think about the disruption, that they must leave their home and go to Bethlehem because of the census by Augustus. Mary knows it is close. She knows the time will soon be for the birth of the child. Think about that for just a moment. A decree that sends you away from your familiar surroundings in your home when it's time to deliver your very first child. She had to be worried. I remember when our first child was born. It was on a blistering, cold January evening in Pittsburgh. My father made me promise that whenever we left for the hospital, I was to call him immediately so he could trail behind us. And I said, Dad, why in the world do you want to follow us to the hospital? And he said, well, something could happen. I said, well, what, Dad, could happen? He said, well, you could get a flat tire. And then I will take Corrine and my grandchild to the hospital. <laughs> and I said, well, what about me? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? He said, change the tire and get there as fast as you can. 
You want to be near loved ones when you have your first child. And then you remember the scene as they travel to Bethlehem. Joseph didn't use Hotel.com or Orbitz or Travelocity. He did none of that. Books were all full. There was no place. I wonder how you envision that journey, that holy night. I have this image, and I don't think it's from the Bible. It's more from Hallmark cards. Perhaps it's yours as well. There they are going through the night. The sky is clear. Stars are twinkling above them. Mary rides peacefully. Her hair is in place. Her clothing is perfect, color-coordinated. She has rosy cheeks. And she smiles tenderly at Joseph. Really? <laughs> you see, part of the story came real to me when I read an article by a woman preacher. And she said, this is how it really happened. Would you want to ride on the back of a donkey when you knew you were about to deliver your first child? And think about Mary. Her ankles were swollen. She had cramps in her legs and a sharp pain in the middle of her back. That's the real story. You see, I think our problem is that over time we have simply cleaned up the story and we've sanitized it. So now it becomes a story with a sweetness of sugar plums. But read carefully. And you will see in that story, there is worry, confusion, fear, bewilderment, uncertainty. It's all there in the story. It's all there for us. John says, and into that world came a light. It was the light of life. And the light was from God. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness shall never overcome it. You see, John never said that that light eliminated the darkness. No, there is still darkness, and there are shadows upon our lives. But there is also this wonderful light that has come to us. It is a light sent from the very heart of God, his child whose name shall be called Emmanuel, which means that God is with us. 
God is not on some distant planet or far away in heaven. Now the story says God is with us now. God is with us now. My dear friend, and Becca's too, Reverend Tom Toll, told me a story that happened one Christmas. He was called to the hospital, and when he arrived, he was met by a very young mother, so young she, she could have been Mary. And she took Tom to a special room where her tiny son was in a croup tent. It was a tent that was used to help this little three-year-old child breathe as the doctors monitored his situation. They had a nice visit, and Tom said a little prayer. And then the mother said, I'm going to walk Reverend Toll to the elevator, but I'll be right back. So they walked down the hall, and before they could hit the down button, they heard this screaming coming from the little boy's room, whose name was David. So both of them ran there as fast as they could. And poor little David didn't know what was going on. He had the IV in that tiny little hand, and his arms and legs were just moving every which way, tears rolling down his eyes. The doctors and nurses just looked at each other because they didn't know what to do. But the mother knew what to do because of love. So she took off her shoes, unzipped the tent, crawled in, and opened her arms to the little child who rolled into them and she held her little child close to her heart. You see, he hadn't heard her say, I'll be right back. He felt he was all alone. Cradled by love. You know, I think maybe that's what the Incarnation is all about. That God has come to us in this world now. That God has come to us to hold us, to cradle us in his love. I think that's what Christmas is trying to say to each one of us that God holds us even in the shadows, even with tears. God holds us close to God's heart. It's all there in the story if you read it, and I know you will. It's all there. And it seems to me that when we welcome and receive that love of God that is so pure, when we receive that love into our own hearts, 
And then we go and love the Lord with all of our heart and mind and soul. It seems to me that that is what makes for the perfect Christmas. Amen and amen. Thank you again for joining us today. Once again, I invite you to check out dtownpc.org for information about our worship and programming for all ages.